Ryan McGee, I like to think that ESPN Daily is run like, you know, not a democracy, but like a constitutional democracy where we read drafts, we see what's in the works at ESPN. We look and survey the landscape and we come to some conclusion collectively about what we should be covering. But then sometimes you look at a spreadsheet and you're like, okay, Ryan McGee on the ballad of Sir Big Spur, the strange but true tale of a live mascot handler feud. And you're like, we are absolutely doing this. We call that low-hanging fruit, I believe. And I also love the fact that whether it's E60 or whether it's ESPN.com or back in the day ESPN Magazine, if it involves any sort of livestock, for whatever reason they call me, it's always been that way. (laughs) And so as our resident beastmaster, McGee, like what are we about to hear about? What is the deal with the animals that you bring us today? Listen, all due respect to Ugga, to Ralphie, to Bevo, what has happened with Sir Big Spur, this this spans centuries. This goes back to the <laughs> American Revolution. This goes back to Magellan. And it always goes back to upstate South Carolina where I graduated high school, where former friends <laughs> now war over what you are and aren't supposed to do with a rooster to make sure that it's a Gamecock and what you can call that Gamecock. And, and ultimately, if I'm going to ever be fired because of the FCC violations that I have committed over the last two weeks talking about the cock commander. We're going to talk about chickens. We're going to talk about Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to talk about feuds. And I like to call it claw and order. In the college sports justice system, Mascot-based offenses are considered especially heinous. In Columbia, South Carolina, the dedicated journalists who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the SEC Victims Unit. These are their stories. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Friday, September 23rd. This is ESPN Daily. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs of real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. McGee, you mentioned high school before. This is where I need to just say for our audience's sake, like I went to an all-boys high school. I'm going to try very hard to not giggle talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks just as, as a concept. But the place and the time where this whole thing really starts, where are we going back to? 
Well, we're going back to the spring of 1999, and we're going to go to Sarge Fry Field, the former home of the South Carolina Gamecocks baseball team. A premier college baseball program in the nation over the last couple of decades. And baseball fans that night at this kind of sleepy ballpark right on the edge of campus, all of a sudden, there's a rooster strutting around on top of the home dugout. And people are like, why do we have a live animal in the ballpark? And what's its name? And the name of that animal was Cocky Doodle Lou. <laughs> name for Lou Holtz, the football coach, although they were at a baseball game. Of course. This was a Gamecock. This was greenlit by Ray Tanner, who was then uh, just in his third season as the head baseball coach at South Carolina. Now uh, is known as the athletic director and won a couple of college world series and then was promoted into the boss's job. But ever since that lazy spring night in 1999, South Carolina Gamecocks fans, when they get to the ballpark, they get to the football stadium, they get to basketball games, they get to women's Final Fours. They're looking for their teams, but they're really looking for that rooster. They're looking for a literal cock of the walk. Yeah. Where does this rooster come from? This rooster, uh, the original rooster, hails from Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, Aiken, South Carolina, and upstate South Carolina, it's a, a short drive from Augusta, Georgia. And there was a couple there, Mary Snelling, a proud South Carolina graduate, and her husband, Ron Albertelli. Hi, I'm Mary Snelling. I'm the owner of Sir Big Spur. And my name's Ron Albertelli. I handle the bird for her to make sure she doesn't get in any trouble. And they won a dinner with Ray Tanner, the head baseball coach. And at that dinner, they said, Mary Snellick said, listen, my father has a friend who participates in illegal cockfights, which, again, I graduated high school in upstate South Carolina around this time. That was not difficult to find back then in upstate South Carolina. Well, they knew she was a big Gamecocks fan, big Gamecocks supporter, Here's a rooster. You should turn it into a mascot. I won a dinner with Ray Tanner his first year here. We asked him if it was okay. We started bringing the Gamecock. And about 11 years ago, we started bringing him. He's been sitting on the top of the first base dugout ever since. And that's what she proposed to Ray Tanner. Ray Tanner said, you know what? Bring it to a baseball game. As long as it doesn't come on the field, then I'm all for it. And the team started winning. They won the SEC East that year. It was kind of an upset. And so, you know, by the time we get to 2006, the athletic department did this big study, and everyone agreed, well, you know, they hate Georgia. Georgia's got a live mascot. They're playing all these other – Tennessee's got Smokey. Why don't we have a live mascot of South Carolina? And so, Sir Big Spur made his football debut in 2006. What I tell people is, is that our Gamecock has at least 80,000 adoring fans, and um, he's treated like royalty wherever we are. And the debut, I mean, the visuals on this, McGee. Like, explain how it is that this bird arrives. Albertelli built a remote-controlled vehicle <laughs> that looks... All right, so Cocky is like the, the kid in the costume mascot, right? Yeah, like the cartoon kind of like anthropomorphic like cartoon character. Yeah, this is this is your San Diego chicken, you know, that 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 deal. Yep. And so uh Albertelli built this remote control vehicle that it looks like Cocky's driving it. That's really like a stuffed 
animal, like a giant, almost like a state fair size plush version of Cocky. And it looks like he's driving this vehicle and mounted on top of the vehicle is like a goalpost. <laughs> and Sir Big Spur comes riding in on this thing. It is the chariot arriving into the to Coliseum and, and the people go bonkers. I cannot stress enough how this is basically like a Pope mobile, but for a uh, rooster. But the name of the actual bird here, Cocky Doodaloo, but now Sir Big Spur, that, that was clearly a conscious transition of power. Yeah, so what they realize is, and this is what uh, Albertelli said, is what we realize is the coaches don't stick around for very long. We named him Cocky Doodaloo after Lou Holtz, and we wanted something that would last, so we changed his name to Big Spur and put Sir in front of it, Big Spur being the And Lou Holtz, guy. indeed, was gone not too long after the birds started you know, showing up at baseball games. They trademarked this thing. They, they brought in Joe Rice, and Joe Rice in the state of South Carolina, in the Palmetto State, I mean, this is like the legal eagle. This is the guy, and he's a huge Gamecock super fan. My brother's an attorney in North Carolina, and I said, what's, about, what's the deal with Joe Rice? And he's like, oh, no, he was all involved in the big tobacco settlements. Uh, he was involved in the 2010 BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Joe Rice is a really big deal, and he now is helping Snelling and Albertelli to get this name trademarked. So they own the rights to the name. Sir Big Spur, and they start doing contracts with the University of South Carolina. We'll take care of the bird, and we'll bring the bird to events if you give us a little travel money, but we want to own the rights to the name. And, and so Lou Holtz flew the coop. The legal eagle has landed. And the legal language here, McGee, is where seemingly a lot of the mess has, yeah, taken roost. The University of South Carolina, the athletic department, they don't own the bird. They don't take care of the bird. This couple takes care of it for them, and the trade-off is they own the rights to the name, and they, you know, sign contracts with the university so the university can use the name for promotional reasons. So when when Snelling and Albertelli decide they're going to retire, yeah, they retire from taking care of the bird, but they also retain those contracts that say they own the legal rights to the name Survey Spark. So the handlers take wing, the contracts remain, and was this a thing about money then? What, what was the source of the biggest disagreement here? It's never about money. So Beth and Van Clark, retired South Carolina high school educators, South Carolina, University of South Carolina alums, they live in Edgefield, South Carolina, which is right in the same neighborhood as Aiken. Uh, where the original couple lived. And one day, Van Clark just happens to be in Aiken, and he catches word, hey, you know, Sir Big Spur lives right over here across the street, and you should go over there and see him. So he does, and he meets Albertelli. They hit it off. And Snelling and Albertelli say to Beth and Van Clark, listen, we're thinking about retiring from being the handlers. We're getting older. Our, our health isn't as what it was. We, we don't travel as well. Would you be willing to talk about maybe taking over for us? And in the Clemson game that year, in 2019, the, the Clarks took care of the bird, went great. So now the official handing over of the duties starts to take place. But Snelling and Albertelli still own the rights to the name. And with any, like, 
truly royal family, like line of succession here. We're talking about Roman numerals, McGee. That stuff seems to really matter, actually, to these people. Oh, it matters tremendously. And there's not necessarily a direct bloodline, but they're, you know, in the coop that Snelling and Albertelli, you know, had at their house in Aiken, South Carolina. They're raising the birds. And there's a, there's a science to this. So they raise the birds. They take them into big crowds. They take them to sporting events. They basically give them an audition. <laughs> and when they handed over the duties to the Clarks, Spur the Sixth was still the bird of record. But Spur of the Six passed away during the winter between 2021 and 2022. So now the Clarks, as the official handlers of the birds, they've been training their own birds. They've had three different ones. They've been rotating through baseball games, through big events with crowds. Again, kind of giving them an audition. Mm. And they pick a successor. No, of course, there are great expectations, and they all feel that. How, how long, how much time did you spend prepping for this show? <laughs> Writing all these puns because I did the same thing when I wrote the story. I was gonna say, I was gonna yeah. say that. No, no, I'm, I'm not, that's not a knock. Yeah. Did you see? So you know, this, this is a compliment. <laughs> all right, so the South Carolina spring game, the Garnet and Black game in April of 2022, I was there. I was the sideline reporter for the SEC network. Of course, you were. We check in for the first time with Ryan McGee. You're on the sideline. Looks like a great turnout. The atmosphere as expected. And they brought the bird out to raucous applause. I mean, thousands of people at this spring football game. And no one noticed in those photographs from baseball and softball or that night on live television, none of us noticed anything different about the new bird. But Albertelli and Snelling definitely did. And what they said to my friend David Cloninger, the Charleston Post and Courier, was, He looks like Barney the Barnyard Rooster, not a Gamecock. (laughs) That is is a man who has been insulted at his very core. Yeah, and uh, you've messed with things that you shouldn't mess with. Uh, You've messed with nature in the mind of the original handlers, but the reality is, is that no, that bird was perfectly natural. They're the ones that mess with nature. All right, McGee, after the break... The plot chickens. Jesus, I groaned saying that. See, I'm pissed because I I should have thought of half of this stuff. (laughs) Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa, whose interests, of course, are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and over. You can also sort by category, like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists for items like, I don't know, your grill master or golfer in your life. You can also get top tech. From Beats headphones to JBL portable speakers. Or if you're looking for top brands, you'll find gifts from Calvin Klein, Polo Ralph Lauren, and Columbia. So what are you waiting for? Father's Day is June 16th and we'll be here before you know it. Macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to making selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Now let's talk about the play of the week. 
The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, McGee, you were there. You were there in April of this year at the spring game. Team Garner versus Team Black, South Carolina, practicing. And Sir Big Spur, the seventh, has made his debut and... The handlers, the original handlers of this all-important rooster are just furious. Because why? What are they seeing? Well, what they saw was that Sir Big Spur 7 had a comb. And I didn't know this, full disclosure, until I worked on this story. But the comb is that floppy, super bright red, fleshy deal mm-hmm. that's, you know, right on the crown of the head of, of most poultry. Yeah, I'm imagining it right now. We've all seen it. It's it's that little floppy thing on the very top of your skull if you're a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Clarks know that the comb is essentially, and we'll go back to my race car roots here, it's essentially a radiator. You know, so chickens can't sweat, which, again, I did not know that until I wrote this story. They don't have the ability to sweat. So that radiator, that comb on top of their head, the blood flows through it radiates heat, cools off, and goes back into the body. And that's why... Yeah, the Clark said this it's not safe for the bird not to have that. So, yeah, it's um, it's science is what it, it is, is, Pablo. Yeah. Wait, so, so, McGee, why does this all cause the handlers to say, hey, cluck this? Snelling and Albertelli used to do what they call dubbing, which is they would cut that comb off the top of the head of the roosters that they chose to be Sir Big Spur. So it goes back to, and you can imagine my editors when I say, hey, I'd like to go back to March 22nd, 1521 in the <laughs> middle of my story about this, about this live mascot in Columbia, South Carolina. But it goes back to what they call, what Magellan called the archipelago of St. Lazarus mm-hmm. in the kingdom of Tai Tai and your beloved Philippine Islands. Of course it does, McGee. Of course we're finally headed here. We're finally headed to cockfighting in the Philippines because I I do need people to really understand this. The history, the bloody history of cockfighting is also the bloody history of the Philippines, my ancestral homeland. And I would argue that atop the medal stand of Filipino sporting passions, yes, it is basketball. Yes, it is boxing. But it is also cockfighting, this tradition, this institution that does go back literal centuries. Yeah, so Magellan, uh, during his circumnavigation of the globe, they witnessed this for the first time and they're completely blown away. And his assistant who kept a journal of the trip, published his journal a couple of years later, and Europeans became obsessed with it, particularly in England. And there was actually a how-to manual that was written in England about 100 years later uh, that referred to the bird as the cock of the game, which eventually was shortened to Gamecock. 
That's where it mm, comes from. Yes. They used to cut the comb off of the top of the head of the birds that they would put in the ring. And so in the mind of Snelling and Albertelli, they thought that's that's purist, right? That comb should not be there. No, and, and that is what dubbing is. It's the process of decombing the head of that bird. And for the record, by the way, we Filipinos also did wind up decombing Magellan, as it happened, but to the original handlers of Sir Big Spur. All of this, all of this is the extremely old and unambiguously brutal tradition that is a bird fighting another bird. In the minds of, I guess, which by the way is a completely illegal sport in the United States, but in the minds of the, you know, the hardcore cockfighting crowd, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And their argument was, you know, what are we doing here, right? They said, we're making a Gamecock into a chicken. We're dumbing down the Gamecocks. Yes. Albertelli in particular, Snelling went down this road of, you know, we're always talking about changing cultures. Well, what does that mean? You know, you can only change so much and keep your original culture. So to them, by removing the comb, you know, you were, you were, that's what you, that's what you, yeah, you're tough, right? Right. Now you look sleek. But the reality is, if you go back and look at all of the logos, uh, at Cocky himself, everywhere you look on the college campus at the University of South Carolina, every rendition of the Gamecock has a comb. They're the only ones that didn't have it. And so Snelling and Albertelli are basically calling here the university chicken. They're saying, hey, there is no reason to stop embracing this heritage, this violent heritage of cockfighting when it comes to our mascot. This is what we want our mascot to be. And so where does this whole debate go next? It goes down to August 1st of this year. And that is when the latest contract between Snelling and Albertelli and the University of South Carolina over the usage of the term, the name, Sir Big Spur, that's when that contract expired. And so what Albertelli and Snelling said was, if we don't see a Sir Big Spur out there in public without a comb, then we will not <laughs> renew the contract and we will keep the name Sir Big Spur with us here in Aiken, South Carolina. And so this is where I did begin to notice that something was brewing in South Carolina, McGee. Yeah. Because the name, the names potentially to replace Sir Big Spur, that all did go viral. Uh, it went viral and uh, no one could have seen that possibly coming. So what happens is, is that David Cloninger longtime South Carolina beat writer at the Charleston Post and Courier, he writes a story on August 2nd about this whole feud. And that's how everyone learns about it. Everyone in the athletic department knew it was coming when August 1st hit, but they were maybe kind of hoping it would stay quiet. And it did not as soon as that story ran. Well, a couple of weeks later, the state newspaper there in Columbia, South Carolina, they decide they're going to write a story just letting everybody know what's going on. And then attached to that they decide they're going to do an online poll. And they threw 10 names out and said, what do you think the new name for the South Carolina live mascot rooster should be? Yep. And there were there were nice options on there. I like Cluck Norris. I thought that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. But, but there was one that jumped out 
to everyone. And once Twitter got a hold of one of the options, everyone knew about it. And that option was the cock commander. Carolina fans are crying foul after another suggestion. Cock Commander led all options in an online poll. Cock Commander is in a massive lead to take this name for the new Gamecock. Cock Commander. <laughs> what are we doing? Call the damn bird Cock Commander. Or actually, who you know what? Who cares what you call? Just win some damn football games. I imagine that the cock commander as a brand did run afoul of the university's whole like standards here. Yeah. And so a couple things happened here. The state newspaper, they knew that the University of South Carolina was more than likely going to go with the general. And the general was listed among the 10 options. Mm. However, the general got buried underneath Marco Pollo. Cockadoodle dude. <laughs> I like Marco Pollo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to keep on the whole like uh, explorer yeah. theme. Yeah. There were so many options, and the general was the one that probably moved the needle the least. Of course. It's kind of boring. No offense to, I guess, whoever the general would be in the historical context. All right. So I'll tell you who the general was. And this is fascinating to me. The general was Brigadier General Thomas Sumter from the American Revolution. Hmm. If you've seen the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson's super violent character in that movie is based on uh, uh, Francis Marion and Thomas Sumter. And Thomas Sumter was such a pain in the butt for the British forces in the Carolinas that he became known as the Fighting Gamecock. Ah. Because he just would claw his way out of all trouble. And they just couldn't. Cornwallis, Cornwallis hated the, the leader of the British troops in the United States in the American Revolution, he hated Tom Sumter so much. That's where the nickname comes from. There's right, so, so this much is, stuff in South Carolina named after Thomas Sumter. Bad. That's right, it. Fort Sumter, right? This is this is the guy. This is it. That's this the is general. The guy. There's a town called Sumter. I saw I saw Chipper Jones play for the Sumter Braves when he was in, in, <laughs> in the minor leagues. There 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 is there is a, there are streets named for Sumter in every town in South Carolina, but Thomas Sumter, the fighting gamecock, was the guy. That's where the name comes from. He's General Sumter. It's Wait, actually not a bad idea. No, I, I, I gotta say, it's not a bad idea, but it's also kind of poetically perfect that the guy who led a revolutionary war militia on behalf of the United States of America, or what would become them, right, is suddenly um, losing in a democratic contest to the cock yeah. commander. And, 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 and Sumter's <laughs> most famous moment, Sumter's most, most, most incredible moment was he won this battle where he you know, rejected these troops, Tarleton and these guys from the British, and he had gunshot wounds all over his body and was bleeding and was trying to cover it up. Kind of like if you stuck a gamecock with a comb into the ring, right? Mm. And so it's it all comes, but it's not a bad idea. The problem is to 2022 social media land, Cock Commander plays a lot better on TikTok than the story of General Sumter. And just for journalism's sake, for investigative journalism's sake. Yeah, oh yeah. No. McGee, um, the cock commander. Uh, why? <laughs> so this goes back to a sleep-deprived night in the newsroom of the Daily Gamecock. 
which is the University of South Carolina student newspaper, one of the best student newspapers in the country as far as I'm concerned. So this is November of 2004. It's Clemson week, which is the biggest week on the calendar in the state of South Carolina, South Carolina Clemson football game. And for folks out there that don't know, when you're putting together a newspaper or a magazine, you have a designer that puts together the pages. Photos go yes. here, you know, ads go here, whatever else. And they put in a lot of dummy words, right? You're just taking up the space till Pablo and Ryan are finally done writing stuff and turning mm. it into the last possible second, and it gets plugged in. Well, these poor, punchy, sleep-deprived kids in this newsroom, they had a great picture of Cocky, the school's non-live mascot. And while they're waiting on the actual caption to be written, this kid puts in there just as a joke, quote, I am the cock commander. All other cocks must bow before the cock commander. Yo, I can't even say it. <laughs> Yo, soy el cock commander. Mm, so they, of course. they put that as kind of a dummy, you know, caption underneath this photograph. Well, no one catches it. They send it to the printer. So the following morning, all <laughs> over Columbia. This, this is why. The- that's how it gets out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so this has become a legendary cautionary tale in the newsrooms of all student newspapers, but particularly the Daily Gamecock. Well, when when the state newspaper decides to do this online poll, there was a young woman named Sarah Ellis who used to be on the staff at the Daily Gamecock. And she said, hey, we should probably put Cock Commander in there because she remembered the story that she had been told a million times from 2004. And so they snuck that in there and uh, the people loved it too much. <laughs> so as as I believe the math is like thousands upon thousands of people are voting for the Cock Commander and not voting for the general. And so how does the school intervene in... Yeah, this legislative process, given that reality. Almost 19,000 votes, which is a lot of votes. That's a for, lot for a for school online, paper, newspaper online poll. poll. Right. This, this yeah. Is, all right, so, yeah, the, so, the, so now the phone calls are rolling in to the athletic department. And it's, it's board of trustees, it's big donors, and it's also people calling to say, I think this cock commander thing is great. And the athletic department <laughs> realizes they've got to move quickly. They had a plan. Now they're wanting to accelerate that plan. The plan was to roll the general out the week of their season opener, Labor Day weekend against Georgia State. And now they're thinking about accelerating that. But what they're having to tell everyone on the telephone is, this isn't our poll. We didn't do this. (laughs) I didn't know this. I didn't know this until you came here. (laughs) Take it to the state newspaper down the street. Right. And and then on top of all that, when they finally announced formally, it's going to be the general. And it was with this resounding thud that everyone reacted. And the best part was Spencer Rattler. You know, we all remember Spencer Rattler a year ago at Oklahoma was the preseason favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, he's transferred to South Carolina now. And even Spencer Rattler, when he was asked the day that the general was revealed as the name of the rooster. Spencer, I was wanting to get your opinion on the nickname, the general for Sir Bixburg. (laughs) I thought it was cock commander, honestly, but... (laughs) Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was the cock commander, honestly. (laughs) And unfortunately, it was not. What did they end up settling on? Well, it was the general for about 48 hours. And then they realized, you know, this is a mess. 
And it all goes back to Ray Tanner, who was one of my favorite people in collegiate athletics. Been the athletic director at the University of South Carolina for a decade now. And if you'll remember, it was a dinner with Ray Tanner that Mary Snelling and, and Ron Albertelli had where they first pitched the idea of a live rooster mascot. Mm-hmm. No one will give me all the details because the contracts are still being drawn up. But there was some sort of meeting <laughs> between Snelling and Albertelli, Beth and Van Clark, and South Carolina athletic administrators. And what they told those two couples were, y'all have to sort this out because this is embarrassing. And so an agreement was reached, the details of which have not been revealed because the paperwork is still in the works. The lawyers are still looking into it. They're still trying to figure out all of the details. But here's what we know. What we know is that Sir Big Spur the Seventh, when he returned to William Bryce Stadium, Labor Day weekend against Georgia State, and then again uh, week three against Georgia, that bird did not have a comb. Mm. And so now there are theories out there that Sir Big Spur the Seventh might actually be the eighth. Oh, wow. Now, Snelling and Albertelli still had roosters that they were raising. So the prevailing theory is that the bird that is out there now was actually raised and clipped by Snelling and Albertelli, but is being taken to the stadium by the Clarks. All of it is to say that a large number of South Carolinians suspect foul play. It's the easiest pun that you will ever utter into a microphone, (laughs) Pablo Torre. I know. I know. Ryan McGee, as always, thank you for bringing us a story that was poultry in motion. See, I can't even top that because I'm so... <laughs> I've used every every bird pun I possibly have. They're gone. But, uh, you are welcome, Pablo Torre. Yeah, Ryan, you clucked around and you found out. Yeah, the... Um, honestly, <laughs> at this point... I've said Cock Commander so many times on ESPN Radio, (laughs) on this, on TV, that uh, I'm just waiting on the FCC to show up at my house and tell me that I can't do this anymore. (laughs) But until then, thank you. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andy Tennant, Chris Tuminello, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Andre Soto, Tyrus Ray, Lapu Lapu for dubbing Ferdinand Magellan, and Jackson Agelo. I'll squawk to you Monday. <laughs> <laughs>